Hello guys and welcome back to Mindset Body Bank. I am Rob Pallante. I am the host and founder of the podcast and the platform Mindset Body Bank. Today after a short hiatus we are coming back to the podcast and kicking off with uh, episode three. I have as my guest today Fiona Birch from Pro Athlete Online. Very interesting story. Fiona comes to us um, by way of Australia with a physiology degree, and now she's helping young athletes um, build and protect their social media uh, presence. So tune in here. Remember, um, if you like it, let me know. Please share and uh, add comments. Um, And I look forward to adding a new podcast every week going forward. So without further ado, Let's get to Fiona. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to Mindset Body Bank. Uh, Kicking off another episode. I am here today with Fiona Birch, the owner and founder of Pro Athlete Online. Um, And uh, I got to know Fiona a little bit uh, over the last couple of months in COVID. And as I Uh, got a little bit deeper in my own program and looking to make connections. She was, um, she was uh, good enough to uh, open up her doors and have a conversation with me. And we both have a bit of a sports background. So I'd like to welcome her to the show. Fiona, thanks for joining Mindset Body Bank today. Thanks, Rob. It's great to connect with you. And uh, it's been good getting to know what you do as well. Well, I, I got to say, I'm a little bit of a fan of what you do, um, especially as um, I am uh, learning more and more about social media at, um, mm-hmm. at, at uh, a ripe age of 51 and having young kids who use it. Um, you know, uh, I think it's important that we all understand, you know, that there are some do's and don'ts, and especially in the sports world. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of young young uh, athletes take advantage of social media, perhaps in the wrong way. And so I think it's important that anybody listening to this understands that there's a correct way to build an image and an incorrect way. And uh, I believe I don't know anybody else who does what you do. So maybe we can start off, give us a little bit of a background. Um, because mm-hmm. um, for anybody that's just listening, uh, uh, Fee doesn't have a Canadian accent although she probably speaks better (laughs) English than we do. So tell us a little bit um, about what you do right now and then give us a little bit of background Uh on how you got into that. Perfect. So what I do is I essentially help athletes. I also work occasionally um, with coaches and I help them improve and protect their reputation. So what that is, is not necessarily when people get into trouble, but um, how can you build a reputation that if it happens, um, you get sort of pulled into a situation, maybe your team is in a situation, or you yourself, how do you make sure that you're in a better position to bounce back from that? So how can you be more resilient? Uh, And my background is I'm a former exercise physiologist, um, athletic trainer in Australia. I was the only female trainer in men's sport and it was uh, rugby, rugby union, rugby league, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of uh, triathlon. So I came to Canada about 21 years ago uh, and my degree didn't actually mean anything here. So I, rather than go and do it again, (laughs) 
because I would probably not stay very focused on that. But uh, I decided to do media copywriting. So that went into medical writing, um, which is a very strict environment with lots of rules and regulations. And eventually I ended up getting pulled into what we call mass uh, marketing or advertising. So more your general uh, non-pharma staff, some McDonald's Canada, that kind of stuff. And eventually it ended up doing real-time response campaigns. So stuff on social media that are um, very kind of edgy and now like the McDonald's, your questions uh, that back in 2012. And as time went on, I got into sports stuff and FIFA and Pan Am for major Canadian sponsors. Uh, so eventually I got sucked back into the sports world gratefully and for the last four years that's what I've been doing so I've kind of gone and my understanding of my office once being a men's locker room and sort of understanding what goes on and just the men mental aspects which obviously you know Rob deals a lot with um, but understanding like what they want to you know achieve in their goals what motivates them that pro athletes are not motivated by money um, and how can we then use marketing in a way to make sure that all those opportunities and potential partnerships are available to them? So it sounds like it, like people go, oh, that was so different, what you were doing before, what you're doing now. But like most things, it all ties together and it all gives you a little bit different and wider understanding of what you're doing. So. Yeah, I think that that you know the experiences you have, and it's funny how it all comes back full circle. I find myself, yeah. you know, you know, very similar to my story. Right, started out in sports, yeah. and now I'm I'm mm -hmm. you know back back uh, working with young athletes and and uh, helping them uh, uh, not make the same mistakes that I made. And I'm and I'm sure you know yeah. had we have had mobile devices and the type of communication. <clears throat> back when I was playing, um, there was probably a definite need for somebody like yourself in the locker room to give us mm -hmm. the do's and don'ts. By the way, I just wanted, I know we were yeah. talking about this offline, but love the backdrop. If you guys are listening to this, <laughs> she has got a backdrop of a hockey rink. It looks fantastic. Whereas I got, um, I got a picture of a window and um, a signed Wayne Gretzky uh, photo. So, um, but yeah, anyways. I didn't break into a I didn't break into a hockey rink, guys. I'm, I'm, I love I'm that. Though. I gotta look at, I gotta look into that background. I think it's it's very very <laughs> cool. Good. Last time we chatted, I forget she had like a fence or something uh, going on in the background. I had graffiti, a graffiti wall. Graffiti, role. that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. She's keeping everybody on their toes. So good job. Yeah. Um, so you know, with with your background in physiology and sports and and spending a lot of time around you know, men's locker rooms. And um, I, I'm, I'm sure that you, there's not much you haven't seen or heard, you know, so now you come into <laughs> <Very this. much. laughs> and, and, you know, being one of those guys in the locker room, I'm sure there were plenty of times when they were, they were, they were testing, uh, uh, you know, you as, as, uh, as a female being in the room. Oh, yeah. And so, you yeah, know, these were not, these were not elaborate locker rooms at all. These yeah, were just, you know, yeah. very basic locker rooms and, you know, it was. Uh, so, so you mean they, they wouldn't be COVID worthy, they wouldn't be COVID worthy today. <laughs> no, no, God, no. <laughs> no, no PPE no, and no, no splash guards in place. No, 
No. Uh, funny, but it's it's great. I, I bet you feel good coming back into sports. I know I'm excited about it on yeah. uh, the short period of time that I'm getting back into it now. So so now you find yourself, you know, creating pro athlete online. Um, mm-hmm. you know, who would you define as, you know, I know you're talking about athletes. Where are you spending the most of your time working? Who's your ideal client today? It's uh, it's basically what I call sort of prospects and pros. And we work with, um, so teams. So if you start in the beginning, like anybody from sort of, it's getting younger actually, but usually 14, 16 year olds oh, wow. through to sort of 18. Um, wow. But we work gen- generally um, on a team basis. So preseason camps, I get pulled into those. But then I have the odd uh, family um, that, you know, they really see the opportunity that, let's use hockey as an example. They could be in like New England or central districts like Wisconsin. And they know that hockey is going to be an avenue for their child to get into a good school or even more into the NHL. So they want that kind of um, preparation for them. So that would be on a one-on-one basis. Um, I have a deal with the, the kids that um, they, whatever they tell me, um, I do not tell their parents. Um, that's, you know, I do obviously in certain situations. Client-doctor relationship. That, right. I do promote that they tell them, like, but I don't yeah. go talking to them. Sometimes I'll have the parent text me and they'll be like oh my god you know this is going on you know what can we do and i said and nine times out of ten the rapport that i have with that individual um say 17 year old he's already texted me about it um and so i just sort of say to the parents i'm on it you know we'll let you know where we're at but um the they they understand that i don't i do give them reports but it's um it's analytics it's that kind of thing and so that's a team thing with the younger players. And then we have a group, we work with agents as well, where we work with all their, say, drafting players in whatever sport it is. And so we prepare them for the drafts and things like that. And then you've got the pros. So the pros are obviously all individuals. Um, and occasionally you get the team say, something disastrous has happened and it involves an individual. And so I may work on that side of the fence, but that's more unusual. So, so, so yeah, kind of, you could kind of be like the cleanup person. Um, <laughs> Don't say Ray Donovan. <laughs> I was gonna, I, you know what? I, I watched that show and I, I'm a big <laughs> fan of it. You're like, you're like the, uh, you're like the Ray Donovan of, uh, of sports here coming in and trying to it's clean fun. up and direct. And, and I think that's yeah, pretty is, cool. I mean, I, I guess so, but I, I'm also a true slayer, so I won't do any uh, spin. And they yeah. sometimes the you know the the agents and the teams they want that because they think that that's the the only way. And I sort of say you know we don't have the ability to hide stuff like maybe we did you know in our day. Uh, so <laughs> there is a point where you have to figure out how to tell the story. You know I I do a corporate talk to um, corporations, but also to teams, and it's um, the truth is the best story you have even when it isn't. Yeah. And it really is, um, it, it really is the way to go. Now saying that I work with athletes and, you know, we do a big two hour kind of sit down and there are things where they tell me um, that in the first say 10 minutes, they realize pretty quick 
um, and most people know, like nothing will shock me. As I said, sure. I, my office was a men's locker room. Um, and I'm also known as the vault. I don't um, reveal anything. Um, some things that they've told me, yeah, could, could definitely send some of these guys, you know, inside and lose them their positions and all those things. And it may have happened yesterday or 20 years ago. So it really isn't that we force everybody to put everything out there, but we certainly uh, come up with strategies that if it was to come out, how do we uh, deal with that? Uh, so that they, you know, because you don't want an athlete at that level wondering, oh my God, you know, what if this happens or, you know, someone they may be involved with could be in, into something that isn't great. So there's a whole bunch of scenarios that we work through. And, and how much of that, when it happens, is it the athlete is, you know, could be in a bit of a panic mode. They're they're not thinking, you know, um, level-headed. Uh, they're they're worried yeah. more about the outcome, and yeah. um, and and not really taking a step back and saying, okay, well, maybe this isn't as bad. Or and you and I love the idea that you say using the truth. You know, and I think that sure. that's something that, you know, kind of ties into what I'm doing and that's becoming a little bit more vulnerable, right? We, yeah, yeah. we sometimes yeah. put up masks and we're, we deal with things that I, in my, my line, we call limiting beliefs. And, uh, you know, this is mm -hmm. certainly a situation where, you know, either they're told something, they've done something or they believe something and they, they believe that perhaps those yeah. extenuating circumstances are going to result in, you know, either a dismissal or, or some huge fine. Yeah. You know, what, what are those, you know, how do you deal with the guys when they're in that, that sort of panic situation? I mean, it's, it is like a little bit of a therapist um, role a lot of times, like, you know, usually when they've told me something quite horrific, um, I may be one of four people that knows about it. Um, so they're, you know, they, they don't go and talk to a bunch, a whole bunch of people about it because, you know, they, they want to keep that circle pretty small. Uh, but it is, and sometimes I've had people ring up and say, like, what have you got for me? Because I'm like, I don't even want to go play today. Like, I'm, I'm, what's the point? You know, so they, it is kind of a, there is a lot of stressful situations. And, you know, you do, I say to them, like, let's get you into a sports psychologist. And some of them are like, oh, I've already done that. I did that five years ago. I'm not doing that again. I think I understand what I should be doing. But so it is, there's definitely, um, you know, putting people in contact with people like yourself and making sure they have that team around them. I certainly don't try and solve things that I'm certainly not equipped to, to solve. And part of my um, success has been making sure that those people are, are in place for them. Um, because there is that mental aspect, right, of any situation. Um, but at the same time, you know, for me, for me, they're looking for sort of a leadership and it would be like, oh, I'm going to stay off social media because something happened. And right. I'm like, actually, uh, you didn't do this. This has been created by say the media did something or twisted gotcha. something. Yeah. You need to set it straight. Uh, so media, the media never lies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I have some great friends in the media, so I'm certainly not going to say anything bad about them. One of the what's interesting. Let's not say let's not it, say lie. There might be the odd embellishment. You know, you know, it's really been like some some clever, let's say, or not so clever editing that's gotten some of them. And so what we do is we make sure, like, hey, you know, if that's not what you if that didn't come across the way you said it or you feel that you said it, 
then retweet that little clip that they've been flying around with you and say, hang on a minute, the full clip said this, or that was taken, you know, and it, the whole point of this is if they have shown their true self, their real self, when they do that, you and I are going to see that and go, oh my God, that is him being real. Like that, I've seen him face the camera, kind of break the screen and, and look at me and kind of say, I screwed up. So they're going to accept, you know, the audience is going to accept that a lot better. If they've, the biggest problem is we have athletes who are just showing their, you know, Jersey world when they're in their sports stuff, playing their game, doing their interviews. And then we see their sort of charity world. And neither of those are something that I, you and I would say we kind of get that person and understand who they are. We've never seen those vulnerable moments. So showing the real you so they'll accept all of you in those moments of crises is very critical. How often do you see athletes make that turn where, you know, they, they maybe they're at a point in their career and maybe it's at a younger age. Cause I'm relating this back to mm -hmm. myself, you know, where right. you know, I come out and, you know, at the beginning I was full of piss and vinegar and you know what, I gotta be, <laughs> I gotta be this guy and I'm the man and, you know, look at me, I got a scholarship yeah. or my first year pro. And, and then they kind of go through a little bit of a, an experience or a humbling experience and now, you know, yeah. I say we all wear different masks throughout the day, right? And you kind of refer to, you right. call it a jersey. I kind of like that, right? They got their jersey persona <laughs> and they got, you know, they've yeah. got their, 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 um, their, you know, their real person persona, you know, mm -hmm. do you see sort of a, a, a trend as you're working with these, these young athletes where they, yeah. they start to become more vulnerable and they go, you know what? I don't need to be the person that somebody else wants me to be. You know, I need to be right. myself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm certainly not responsible for that turn. I don't think because often, I mean, I've been told when I've gotten certain athletes by their kind of media kind of entourage, like their little group of little helpers that they have. Um, oh, you would not have been able to work with him six months ago because his head was just in the wrong spot. He was in that kind of piss and vinegar stage. I think that, um, you know, it comes back to the kind of work that you do. And I love the All Blacks, the way they do it. I mean, I've got to go back to New Zealand. Yeah, of and, course. And the All Blacks are the greatest rugby team in the world. <laughs> but what they do, and it, I think it's fantastic, because when you get a, a rookie come in, they get teamed up with a, a more senior player. And that player teaches them media. That player teaches them, you know, slaps them up the side of the head and kind of does that. Because if you think about it, they've been their heroes. Like this rookie's looked up to this guy for the last, you know, 10 years or whatever it may be, or five years. And so they're, t they're not, you know, getting grippy with them. Like they're yeah. definitely listening. So it really comes down to, you know, who's all around them. But yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, um, when they come to me, they're either, you know, something bad has happened, but I also take them well before that. If I've had a relationship with them from their rookie years, then, um, and now they're in year two kind of thing and something's happened, it's, you know, they're usually pretty um, open, you know, and will absorb any kind of, you know, help that you give them. So, yeah, but, but honestly, you and I know the guys that um, that are still in that stage that, you know, we may have been in the early years, they don't make it. Like, they are just not, it, their head is out of it. Or 
And it's not that they're um, not good enough. It's just some of them can't overcome that mental kind of change and it affects their game, right? Why, so why do you think that is? I'm curious about why do I think perspective. So what do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think that, you know, they've got all these tools and these talents yeah. and it's the mental part of their game that they can't get, they can't get over. And that's really what might be holding them back. Yeah, I mean, it comes from different stages. I think that some of it is, you know, you some of them are just not, most athletes I know, they're quite introverted. They're not this extroverted, even though you may see them, you know, sure. do their post-game interview, they're actually, you know, not that extroverted. Um, and you're putting them in a really big team environment with a ton of different personalities. And sometimes it's just, it's just a lot. I mean, did you see the post-game interview yesterday after the, um, the stars went down after oh, the hockey, you know, the one with Jamie he just Dan. sat there. Yeah. Yeah. He just sat, he sat there and then he didn't answer. And then he said, you know, ask so-and-so from the athletic for the second question. And he didn't answer that either. So, I mean, um, but one thing I'll take from that isn't that that's a bad thing or, you know, any sort of a weakness. I think of anything, um, Anyone who thinks these guys are playing for money or they're overpaid and, you know, whatever, jumped up little kids. Um, that's an example of someone being truly vulnerable. I mean, he's aware he's on camera. He's aware it's the Stanley Cup. You know, he knows that's getting a reach, a massive reach. Yeah. So often, you know, people introduce me and you know, we talk about Fiona, you know, works with social media, but I really deal with real life situations. Social media is just where it gets um, pushed out and right. it's also where we fix things if you want to talk about fixing things which yeah. I don't like to say it that way but um, because I, I won't do spin so but it's also where we show who we are and I think that you know if we saw anything from last night it was this guy it, it wasn't about oh screw it I'm still getting paid the same amount of money as I did yesterday right I'll get, you know it's really about you know, this was deep for him. This was yeah. massive. He he had, you could see the weight of it on him. And if anything, you know, you shouldn't beat the guy up on social media about that. You should be saying, wow, this guy's, this is a real guy, right? Like he felt it like I felt it because, you know, well, my team lost so or whatever. Under the circumstances to your point, right? Yeah. There wasn't thousands of screaming fans at the no. there was nobody there you know um yeah. and you wonder you know well these are these are million dollar babies going out and playing a sport yeah. and, you know who cares whether you know they probably don't well these guys care and, and i think that oh, was yeah. a that was a huge testament to you know these guys playing with heart in front of nobody okay yes they're, right. they're getting you know a lot of money to do it but there's nobody to impress that at the arena you know, so they're bringing heart, they're bringing passion. Yeah. And the, the, the fact that he's, he's speechless after a game because he's still dwelling on the fact that they lost and they lost playing yeah. in front of nobody, but they lost. Yeah. You know, yeah. that speaks I mean, it's I massive. volumes yeah. about the commitment of these young guys. I absolutely agree. And that's what we really need to get these guys to kind of show more of that. It's not the chest beating, you know, um, you know, Jersey wearing kind of athlete or, you know, and it's not the do gooder kind of donated money and did some fundraising. I mean, these guys, you know, uh, they were once 
kids playing hockey or whatever looking up to their idol you know and it's it's a it's a massive thing for them i mean i've had guys where they messed up during the game badly and they're on the plane and they're um texting me on the plane and i'm like well you know who can you go kind of talk to in your team and he's like they all hate me i'm and he's sitting down the back of the plane like just texting the whole way and um messaging me the whole way and i'm just he's like i'd rather just like sit here and talk to you about this because it's it's just i don't want to i don't i feel so bad Doesn't and want to face the team or the, the coaches no or he just, just felt super bad just felt super bad like felt like he'd um really messed up and and uh and it was just yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah and so you you know you're talking to them and you're just like well you know yeah, it wasn't great, but you know, you're sort of trying to get them moving. So, but it is that relationship that, you know, I have with them, that it is that close. Like they, you know, I'm definitely old enough to be their mother. So it's like, there's definitely a little bit of that. Um, but, but at the same time, they know they can tell me anything and that, and I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to judge them. I'm never shocked by anything. I think they're shocked that I'm not shocked. I mean, there's been some stuff and they're just like, they're waiting for a reaction. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to give it. Like, I'm not, you're not getting the reaction. Not judging, like not that. Like, judge them for giving that reaction. No, God, no. I mean, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, Let, what's the next step forward? Yeah. Talk a little bit about how you build that relationship. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you know, with the hockey backdrop and, you know, I know <laughs> from our conversation, you spend a lot of time in that sport. I know you do some other sports, yeah. but yeah. you know, how does um, a physiology major from Australia <laughs> come to Canada yeah. and now earn the trust? And I know being a, an ex hockey mm. player, earn the trust of the guys in a sport that, um, that you know you're you're not native to. I'm definitely not native to, and um, something that I'll give as a piece of honesty is uh, my kids. I brought them up to hate hockey, and my, you know I've spoken at the NHL draft of the coaches. And they all go. That. I know you shared yeah, that. So me. I wasn't going to bring it up. Oh no, I, I'm open about it. It's kind of, and people say to me, why? Like, first, like, what? And I go, well, I, why would I move to a cold country and then go inside to be colder? It makes no sense. And, you know, so, I mean, there's better things I'll be doing, you know, sleeping in with a cup of coffee on a Sunday morning than being at the rink at 5 a.m. But, you know, it's funny because I do feel now I kind of missed out on this entire um, family of, of what hockey is. And um, I while you I do, would have been a pretty good hockey mom. Oh no, I would not have been a hockey mom. I avoid. I mean, I, I some of my best girlfriends now, um, and we go to Iceland and we do all these trips together. Are, are the hockey moms? But generally, I have to stay away from the hockey moms a little bit because they know that I'm connected with the coaches and they're always going to me, why is my kid on the third line, not on the first line? So, but it's, well, you're not me, reading your building... kids tweets. That's why. <laughs> no. <laughs> for me, how do I get that trust? I mean, I, first of all, my process is, um, so if there's a, let's, you know, at the pro level, you know, they, I, they either fly me to, or they, they're, they're in, you know, I'm located in Toronto, my, you know, I wouldn't say most of the time, most of the time now, but usually I'm somewhere. 
Um, so I connect with them personally um, before there's any contracts or anything. And we kind of just, you know, talk um, and see where they're at. And we try to do that in person if we can, not always possible. But there is a point where um, it is in person, there's 120 questions that I ask them and it's a closed room. Um, you know, I think I mentioned this to you, I'm on my computer, I have um, a document. There are no names on that document so yeah. that if my computer or my cloud got broken into anything, um, no one would know what this is. Gotcha. Within about, uh, it's, it's all these questions like, you know, why did you start playing this sport? Um, what was, what's your family life? You know, it's, it gets personal for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, which is why it's me and them in the room and that's it. Um, you know, there's no girlfriends, wives, nobody else. This is in a one-on-one um, -on -one scenario. One-on-one right? -on -one scenario, yeah. um, you know. So we get in there and we go through. What What is interesting to me is that I may have met them before once, um, but within about eight or ten minutes, I have, you know, I find out where the bodies are buried. It comes out so quick. Um, and then I, what's shocking is they may have only told four people in their life, right? So um, it is a bit of a, you know, thing that you have to kind of like, you know, appreciate that that's a, that's a big step from walking in the room by yourself. But yeah, I just, I don't know if it's my Australian-ness or Kiwi-ness because <laughs> I'm a bit of a blend. I have four passports. Um, but um, I don't know if it's that and, and that I'm just sort of, you know, they, they know they can't shock me. They know they can, you know, they feel a trust. But, um, yeah, and then after that, so that's, you know, whatever, we go away and we do, we're not really together that much after that. It may be once a month or once every two months, depending on schedules. Um, but what happens after that is that there is a text or a call usually every day around 11 or 12. Um, some of them don't want it every day, you know, they want to do their own thing, but generally it's just a check-in and I'll just be like, hey, um, these are the stats on the analytics from reputation analytics from last night's game or how are you feeling today, you know, let's put this out. We may have had content um, planned, but because of what happened at the game or something or, you know, something in the world could happen, you know, you have, you know, currently, you know, we have, um, you know, COVID and we have an election and we have, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, so those are three really big things that impact how people are um, presenting their thoughts and ideas. So we talk about that. So we may make a shift. So that's generally it. So are you working, so as part of your program, are you developing sort of a, a roadmap or a, or a plan for these guys, mm -hmm. what they're going yeah. to do? you know, loosely yeah. based on the outcome of games and, you know, how often yeah. they should be posting and is, is there, do you recommend one platform over another? How, how does that all work? Yeah. I mean, generally um, we stick to, so, so with sport, it's interesting. So Twitter is um, definitely, you know, how we're getting news and opinions for sure. And it's, it's generally like, I have to convince the younger guys to be on Twitter because especially even like in, prospects you know because i have to explain to them well you know that's where your coaches and your recruiters and your scouts are so you kind of need to be doing something over there and they're not on snap we, <laughs> um snap is like like you know it's really that's all my kids use 
It is, but it's like, I mean, it's, this is the thing, messaging. It's a, it's more of a messaging platform. It's actually the messaging apps that get people in trouble, you know, cause as we, as we know from last year, or was it, I can't even remember if it was last year or this year, but the whole, um, you know, behind the scenes messaging that went on that wasn't behind the scenes at all. So in hockey. So, um, and then we look, obviously we, we do look at Instagram. Um, I think TikTok, you know, is a fantastic platform. I think it's a really great, uh, you can use it really seriously actually, or you can have fun with it. It's, it's such a great idea. You can really stand out. Uh, so I think that's a fantastic thing. But one thing I'll say about TikTok is, it's massive numbers. You can get massive followers and massive numbers and you can't, you can't look at them with the same lens as what you get on Instagram or Twitter because it's just not the same amount of um, real juicy engagement that's going to be relevant. So you have, you know, don't get swayed by the mass numbers, you know, so. Okay. So I'm naive to it other than, you know, I know <laughs> what it is, right? And yeah. Uh, the one or two TikTok videos is the same kind of song and people are pointing, Yeah, uh, you know, what, how would you, how, how would you prescribe tip TikTok to one of your clients? I mean, it depends what they're doing. I mean, I think that trying to break out and do different stuff, you can do all that, you know, uh, sort of cult following song, dancey kind of stuff, which I think is fun. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it really comes down to when we do that two hour, you know, sort of get to know you piece. And then we, I talk about what their goals are and I set out a strategy. Um, that's going to show us where, um, where they go with TikTok. I mean, an example of standing out on TikTok, it's not sports related at all, but there's a guy that's showing you Google, um, drive and sort of you know google tip um gmail kind of tips and stuff and it's really funny because you see all the stuff and then he comes along and he's just he's literally doing screen casts and it's um but there's one like if you type in the movie name and then you know the like google uh gmail drive or whatever it comes out you can watch this movie for free like there's all this really great things and you just wouldn't expect to get that from there there's a great way if you're an athlete and or if you're a strength and conditioning coach um you can put that kind of stuff out there and um that's really well followed um nutrition yeah. stuff is is really well your stuff is really good on there uh so it really is about uh, look, just, look, just for clarity not my stuff personally because i have yet <laughs> to record a tiktok video and i'm not sure if my kids would live me down we're gonna I get you a tiktok video <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that and how you can help me out yeah. later but um, yeah, sorry. I no, mean I mean, it, there's a, that's a great, there's a lot of stuff you can do out there. And um, my kids, I was sending them videos and um, their dad, dad said to me that he goes, oh, you said that cat video or something. I don't know what it was. And he goes, oh, mom's on TikTok. This is like a year ago when it, you know, it was a while, when it was, it, we were all sort of first getting on it whenever that was, but um yeah they and i'm like but it is there is some good opportunities on there for sure you can definitely um put some stuff out there but it depends it depends i have you know you can have an athlete and they're really into you don't know but they play like the guitar right and you put that on there and you show a very different side and that's just where they do that or they put on there like you know 
what is that artist, that Canadian artist with the hair, like the painter? Um, you know, oh, I can't remember. Uh, dress him up as Halloween. I don't know. Uh, but you, yeah. you know, you could have a funny sure. thing about they, that. They, like you they could, could show start this, to show another side of their personality. Just another side. Like yeah, their TikTok videos could ring. just be. Yeah. So their TikTok videos could have an actual season. Like just it's just the guitar or it's stand up paddle boarding or whatever it is and and that's great like that's good like and you could actually do something i'm really big to stand up paddle boarding so that's why i just thought of that but you could have someone who's into that and you know but then you could put some really cool funky music to it and so it's yeah. not so blase and you know one of what we're seeing with medium or any sort of media is a is a combination and that's what TikTok did, right? They they take two different kinds of things and they kind of put them together and they jam stuff together. So I think it's a chance to really show to be creative. Yeah. What um, what is your favorite platform? For me, I mean, I I have a photography background. I used to do photography and black and white landscape. Um, I traveled around the world for a year when I was twenty six yeah. on my own, and I think I took one photo of myself. So, um, but uh, so I like. I mean, Instagram I really enjoy. I think yeah. it's good. Um, Twitter, you know, it's like I think I'm old enough to remember that people used to just say what they had for breakfast. So I think it's a great source of information for yeah. me. I should probably be more active on all of them, but I think I'm a little bit like the cobbler with bad shoes, right? Like it's, uh, you know, some of the time. So, but I, you know, I think just you know, get out there and enjoy and have fun on them, and you know, you can you can go on a platform, and you know, um, if it's not for you, it's not for you, right? So, for sure. yeah. So you've talked a lot about, you know, working individual. Do you do work with mm -hmm. teams and how does that yes. program different than the individual programs? Yeah. So I work with um, agents um, and that have uh, generally the agents that I've been working with are sort of that medium um, level athletes that are not necessarily like they're going to the pros, but you know, they may be less, less known. So what we do with those agents is, um, because what I love about those agents is they do give true one-on-one -on -one great uh, sort of support. Um, they surround themselves with, with really good people. They don't treat their athletes like ABC, um, you know, the top tier kind of, you know, and then ignore everybody else. So what we do with an agent is we look at all of their clients and we form a group program for them. Um, and we do pre-recorded videos, um, trending stories. So if something happened, um, like for instance, the video last night after, you know, the start, so that's more of a media thing. We talk to them about, you know, I, I will take that as an example and do a little two or three minute video on what I think about that. Was it good? Could it be, what, what should you do if you find yourself in that situation and you're speechless, you know? Um, so my advice for that is you can't change what happened last night, right. but it's an opportunity today for him to come out and talk in his own way in a pre-recorded thing and say how he really felt. Yeah. And I think if he does that, man, that thing would go like all the news, everyone would pick that up. Right. Because they would understand and see a really vulnerable side. So I think that is, I like to look at it as it's an opportunity. How do we make that? How do we leverage that in a genuine 
worthy way for that athlete. Um, and then we do a live Q and A, um, and we do like live group sessions. One thing I love to do with agents and also teams is um, also the agents, they may have two players that are kind of like friendly competitive yeah. and, um, and we kind of set up, not, it's not set up like fake, but we kind of set up opportunities and good, great things to do that kind of OV Crosby kind of, you know, thing where they call each other out. But it's like, as, as a fan, that's what you want. You don't watch a game to get a tie. That's infuriating. I'm, I'm laughing because I just had this image of that. Hey, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So What's my I mean, name? Kind of, <laughs> yeah, so we kind of set that up and, and and set it up like in a genuine way. I shouldn't say set that up, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's a real thing because and we and we do that and, and we show what that does is it shows everyone how to be competitive without being negative. Like yeah. we want you. I want it, I want you know, we want to hear an athlete say to another athlete, like, you better bring it to this game because we're coming after you. Like that's awesome. Like it fires you up and uh so that's what we do with teams and it could be young teams um i work sort of in central district usa hockey kind of stuff yep. um it, you know ushl ohl that kind of stuff and um and then or it could be um and then i say that with the individual guys too like who is it that you kind of love to hate you know that kind of yeah. thing and um For a little the social other thing yeah, I mean, we had, I had a guy once and he was like kind of introverted and he didn't like um, doing, being on video. And, but what I found was he was awesome at narrating situations. So we got him in the, um, in the locker room uh, with the, we're doing uh, Instagram stories and he would be videoing what's going on and he would be narrating that and he would be like, laughing at whoever yeah. and what we found was it was a new um, team for him and it actually helped him really settle into that team Start and kind of be accepted yeah. yeah and then we actually I said you have a great rapport with this one right and yeah. those two started doing content together nice. so and, and and they actually started a regular little thing I won't say what it was but yeah. like, I don't want to you know, sure, name the athlete, sure, but sure. Um, so it's kind of cool. So that's the thing, but we do that with teams as well. We, what we, what's important about working with teams, especially younger teams or um, prospects sort of age 18, 19 is we don't want to be telling them no, we want to be showing them how that's my, that's always the way I come at it. Um, yeah. And if, if I can get, a group of three or four athletes in the team, um, you know, we set up about four of these little groups and those three or four guys are working together on content. It might be like, hey, you video me while I'm doing, you know, whatever it is, butterfly or stretches, whatever it might be, um, or some fun stuff or when we go to the stuff. Um, when one of those guys slips up and does something dumb, I don't need to tell them because the yeah. other two guys are like, not beating them up in the locker room, but yeah, what yeah. the hell? Like, what are you doing? And um, and so it's what happens is the coaches love it because they're like, hey, I don't even have to police them. I can actually come to them with a solution because the other guys already pointed out the problem, right? So yeah. it is a um, it's a great way to kind of um, keep people, you know, in line. I guess is kind of yeah. what 
you know, the coach term, but, um, but just to keep moving forward and building that resilient brand. And and it does help them build their rapport in the, in in the team. I mean, it is a great thing. And it also stops, um, I hate to say this, but kind of the, you know, the PK example. I mean, I love PK. I think he's awesome. Um, he's done amazing things, um, you know, in the community and continues to do so. And I think he's a great um, sort of passion for the game as well. Um, but what happened there was he built this great, it's like tall poppy syndrome, we call it in Australia, where he kind of came and elevated everything. And in the world of hockey, especially, we don't see it in the NBA and the NFL, but in the world of hockey, that was not a, uh, taken in a positive way. And so right. they just, you know, cut it down. Yeah. I, I, I compare PK to Von Miller. I mean, Von is known as having, you no. Know, it's so funny when he's doing snap and it's like, and he's, you know, he's in the locker room and they're like, Hey, get, get your buddies to follow me. Like stop following yeah. Von and follow me. Like there's kind of a great rapport about it yeah. um, that he is, you know, this great persona, but he pulls the young guys in and the guys who are lesser known and he makes sure he ribs them on online and stuff. So there's a way to do it that it isn't like, hey, look at me. I never profess that. I think that's, yeah. it's. I think the biggest misconception with what I do is the guys going, I don't want to build my brand. I want to focus on the game or it's a distraction. Um, and to that, I say injuries are a distraction, but we don't tell athletes don't play because you might, you know, hurt yourself. We give them the tools to recover and the tools to be strong so the injury won't be as bad. We don't do that with their brand. Um, And if they're not building their brand, the media and the trolls are. And that's not fair to anybody. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of where we, you know, I guess that the philosophies of yeah. online. <laughs> well, quite a bit here. You talked a little bit too about, you mentioned it a few times about the analytics. Do you see yeah. sort of a, a trend in the analytics trending in a yeah. positive way or views when these guys um, step outside of their jersey and become yeah. more vulnerable and they're recognized as people versus Sometimes. athletes? <laughs> Um, I, I've spoken about this. Uh, I spoke at um, MIT Sloan um, has an anal- sports analytics conference. And um, before the world shut down, or as the world was shutting down, I was in Boston yeah. at that. And, um, and what I spoke about was how we use data and analytics to create content strategies to improve and protect reputation. Um, and really, it is the analytics is looking at, because um, often people are like, oh, that guy is such an idiot, or we hate that guy, right? But when you actually look at the reputation, it's like, he's actually doing great. Like, it's actually not that bad. And so we've had guys that um, they've, you know, lost trips, you know, off-season kind of sponsored stuff, because supposedly they were didn't have a favorable reputation and we were able to show actually now he's good <laughs> like it's you know um so we do watch that and that is something that i look at on a daily basis and we look at trends um you know we've been able to see what you know because we i mean listen i don't have a crystal ball when i say don't do that do this yeah hey it, it may not work I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm fallible. I don't know something else as that's dropping, something else may come out and you're just like, it changed the meaning and the context of it. So we're constantly looking at analytics and 
showing um, whether where it's trending, and then we can see that in real time, and we can see that oh, we need to do a you know hard left you can, here. You can actually um, affect what they're doing in real time yeah. as you're looking at these analytics. It's not always yeah. just pre-planned. What you know, what's on a schedule? No. Hey, this is happening right now. Yeah. And then make suggestions in real time. Yeah. It would have I mean, that's the difference. Yeah. That's the difference of what I'm doing. A lot of people, uh, so, you know, I'm always, you got to be really careful when people say, here are five strategies to grow your brand because they're not strategies. You should have one strategy. You know, where, you, know you need, you know, you can't be going in five directions at once. You know, sure. so you've got to have one strategy, but you might have five tactics and what those people are calling strategies are actually tactics. You know, it's like, do this, do that, do that. Like it's so, the difference between a strategy and a tactic is a strategy is, you know, how do I, you know, what do I want to get to kind of thing? And the tactic is how do I get there? What do I do? So it is, um, but we do see things in real time. And I, that's, I guess that's the difference between what I do and what a lot of, I don't like scheduling anything. I mean, we know that we're going to create certain content what i'm watching for in the analytics is and what i when i go to games it's really important sometimes i go to the say baseball game and i go stand down because all the kids run down there to get everything signed and i learn from you know the people Watch around it. me they don't they don't know who i am obviously yeah. <laughs> nobody so they don't know who i am so they tell me all this stuff so um you know i learned one day that you know they thought some guy was an idiot because he wouldn't sign balls but he was a pitcher so he's not going to sign your ball he's got you know headphones in and he's thinking of, he's your starting pitcher let him do his yeah, prep you yeah, know like yeah. so what we did you know that's a content opportunity to create content to educate your audience on hey i'm not going to sign the ball but this is what you can do like i watch me film me follow me duplicate what i do in my um prep yeah. You make a video of that. I'm going to comment on that. You know, that kind of thing. Like, sure, let's communicate in a different... Yeah, like... Yeah. Um, and so that was an opportunity for them to see this guy isn't, you know, a dick because he's yeah. ignoring you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... But we also see it online. We're watching that community moderation, which is often managed by fairly... And, you know, you usually get the intern to do that. Now, I know some incredibly smart interns that I think are smarter than, you know, anyone that's had a lot of experience a lot of the time. But what happens is they can be forced to just do things for numbers and sales and, you know, engagement. And they miss sometimes that those opportunities are there, like somebody commenting on something. And so when we start to see patterns of everyone thinks this guy is whatever or not doing this or terrible at this, we make content to show why that reaction was the way it was, right? And, um, and then we put that out. And it's, it's all, that is always well received. And I'm not talking about scrubbing people clean. If you're an sure. arrogant athlete, you're an arrogant athlete. Like, yeah. you know, that's, not, that's, that's fine. Um, but are you kind? Are you giving? Are you helping? Are you promoting the game and putting, you know, helping understanding fans? Like, you can still be a bit arrogant and still do all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a, it's have a, you seen that show? Have you seen that show Ted Lasso on Amazon? I haven't. Prime? Oh my God, <laughs> you have to watch he's it. The soccer so, coach. Yes, yes, and he's like you. Yet. got 
from a from a purely um, getting teams and in, in head in the game and the mental aspect, you know, there was a guy there that was kind of the arrogant guy, and it's like really interesting how um, they sort of get to him and stuff. It's good. It's a really good show on so many levels. It's funny. I love British comedy, and yeah. when you throw a couple of uh, Americans in the mix, it's uh, it's, it's always good. <laughs> you, just you know, throw it like, all off, right? Yeah, so definitely watch that show. I think it's uh, it's got some good good stuff and in, uh, in it from the mental kind of aspect of teams. But you know, that's where you and I like what we do is very similar. Like, yeah. I certainly you know am not a you know mental kind of therapist by any stretch. But it is uh, you do have to have that kind of understanding and yeah. and work together with that. I think it's well, an interesting you gotta, combination. You trust you have to. Yeah. Have you know, uh, a quasi therapist and a vault and show yeah. no emotion and, but give guidance, right? It's right. Uh, and, it, you're, you're and crossing so many different chasms in what you're doing. I honestly have a whole new respect for, for what you do. You know, I, I probably knew just the tip of the iceberg and, and having the opportunity to sit here and chat and, and understand. I mean, it's everything from, you know, um, the, the Ray Donovan controlling a situation and getting it under under wraps and, and maybe not covering it up, but but creating yeah, a- Yeah, I haven't killed to, anybody. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, there's no bodies truly buried anywhere. No, no, gone. my ex-husband's probably the only one at risk of it, but no, no, no. no and then you got the whole other side where you got so much you can have so much fun with with what you're doing using the different uh, the different media yeah. platforms that are out there and create a whole yeah. new character of these individuals and I, I think that's I think there's there's quite an, a range and an extreme in, in what you do so it's pretty cool yeah I mean I think the biggest takeaway is that people especially in hockey you know they take they say they feel like social media is not real and it's, I, you know, it's not real and it's all fake. And um, yeah, so it's a great opportunity to be real. Like imagine how easy it is to stand out if you're yourself then. But the other part is- A lot of people don't really know who they are. What I'm finding out is we all- Right, have this, well, it's your job to help them. <laughs> who they think everybody wants them to be. So what I'm yeah. trying to do is bring them full circle on that too. And exactly. I think there, you know, exactly. there's, there's a, a great opportunity with what you're doing as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think um, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap us up here. And the one question on. I love to ask at the end um, is if your life was a billboard on the road <laughs> of life, what would it say? I would have to say it's um, the truth is the best story you have, even when it isn't. And I know from being a copywriter for 20 years that you only can have nine words on a billboard, so I've broken that <laughs> rule. But um, the truth is the best story you have, I guess, is, is it. And that's, that's what I would say. I, I'm brutally honest and, yeah. and usually. My girlfriends and my friends say, Fiona always says, the tells you what you probably don't want to hear, but you probably should. So yeah, that's good. I think there's a there's a lot of merit in that. More people don't need a pat on yeah. the back; they need a kick in the ass. No, right? And yeah, I'm the same they, they need, way. They need the somebody that's way. going to be able to 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 do that to them. Well, listen. Yeah. How can how can my listeners find you? Where are you? And, yeah. Um, well, we yeah we're going through a little. Yeah, so my website is Pro Athlete Online. Dot com. Um, we've gone through some some shifts in that website. We're launching a new one, but you know you can definitely get contact information there. 
Um, Instagram is at proathleteonline and Twitter is uh, at fi underscore birch. So yeah, you can stick those up at the end there. That'll be great. But um, yeah, and usually uh, just reach out. I'm very approachable and I usually will uh, definitely take a call and, and answer a question. I always say to people, just call me. Just just call me straight away and ask me the question that's, that might be killing you because uh, we get that sorted first and then we can go from there. Well, I, I can attest to the fact that I reached out to uh, Fee to introduce <laughs> myself and, and pick her brain a little bit and she responded right away and she's been uh, yeah. nothing but accommodating. Um, thank you thank for you. being on my podcast today. Really appreciate oh, it. I, um, I'm, I'm a bigger fan now of what you're doing and I think that there's, <laughs> there really is a need for it at, at so many different yeah. levels. So um, thanks again and, uh, no and uh, appreciate you being here. Take Good luck care. with everything. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye.